Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Head Mama. Today, we are talking about all of the scary stuff in the world and how you can deal with it all as a parent. Um, So the way we got on this topic to start out with is that Danielle uh, um, is living in the UK and we saw on the news that uh, Belgium had come under attack. And that was a little closer than I think either of us would have liked it to be for her. So Danielle, tell me a little bit about your what that was your like. story. Yeah, there. My my story. The beauty of this um, is that I don't have a story. I think that's that's the sad reality. There's so many people that had that have stories of being there, and um, the thing that really hit home was that we were scheduled to be in Belgium uh, the day after. Well, uh, I think the attacks happened the day before we were scheduled to be there. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> well, you know, our, our hotel was booked next to the, um, the, the major site of the bomb train station. Um, and I think just generally being saying that you're scared shitless is just a good summary of what, oh my God. what, what I was feeling because I, my yoga instructor of all people was like, uh, did you look at the news? And I'm just like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And she's like, I don't think you're going to Belgium this weekend, sweetheart. And I, you know, we know where we live. We we're in Europe. It's, it's, there are very, there are huge pros to being here, you know, beautiful culture, lots of travel, but there's, you know, there's these realities of tensions so close by. And, um, you know, it just hearing, you know, going online and kind of seeing everything and then kind of correlating how close we would have been to the site and, I don't even really know if I'm mature enough, emotionally mature enough to talk about exactly how I felt um, because all you keep thinking is, my God, like this, these people are no different than me and they are harmed, extremely injured or dead. And I mean, even I think you hear me stuttering because even to say that is still jarring, Um but I caught myself doing a real sense of what would I have done? And there's nothing, there's nothing that comes. This is not a, Oh, had I gone to this university versus that university? This is people bombed a site. People were there with their families. They were there with their children, just like I would have been there with my child. Um, I don't, I mean, I just wouldn't have been able to cope if, you know, God willing, we were able to survive. I think that's the other thing that's scary is like people died. It wasn't just like, yeah, two people were injured with a broken leg. No, there are dead people because of this. And to say, I don't know how I would have coped. It's not a matter of coping. It's a matter of survival at that point. And I, I just remember coming home after, you know, getting the phone call from my, my awesome yoga instructor who, who informed me of what was going on. Cause clearly we don't watch the news enough. And, um, I couldn't, I couldn't help. I just couldn't help but cry. Cause you're just like, how do you not put yourself in that position? How do you not think about what these people are going through? And, and, and this is, I will, I won't get too far on my soapbox, but it's not just about Belgium. It's that these things are happening all throughout the world. Yeah. Yeah. And they're happening, unfortunately, every day. And you start thinking, and this is where I think the spiral effect comes. And that's what, you know, like, I think your story, Kate, coming up next is probably going to be <laughs> telling of that because you're just like, you constantly are, the people are constantly suffering. And it's not just people as an adult, it's like children. Yeah. And, 
the way people, the way we feel mm. about our child is the same way these people feel about their children and they're affected if they're not refugees, if they're not victims of sexual abuse, if they're not victims of, of terrorism, you know, like God, can, can kids just be exempt? Yeah. That's, uh, and it's a huge, like, it does feel like a kind of a sea change in the way I cope with this stuff because, um, you know, I'm used to thinking of like, well, how would I get myself out of that? And I, even if I know that like I'm playing superhero in my brain and that like I actually would probably be brutally murdered by this, you know, this armed gunman or this, you know, bombed subway. Um, like when I was just kind of on my own, I could just in my head be like, and then I dive behind this thing and that, you know, and, and kind of play through like, okay, I feel like I have a plan, you know, like my mom was a flight attendant. I always, Whenever I go into an airport, immediately, like, survey everything. I'm a little paranoid, but it gives me some comfort, even if reality, you don't have any control. But that's totally different once you're thinking about your child. Like, they, we can't keep them with us all the time. And, um, and even if you yeah. can, are you capable of protecting them? Yeah, even scarier. Even if you, even if you never let your child out of your sight again, you, they wouldn't be, you know, totally, totally safe. Um we uh we talked about this a little bit danielle but yeah i i keep i don't i don't think my emotional reaction is as strong as as yours but i keep getting going into kind of little obsessive internet wormholes like the other day i spent an hour you know on the bus ride to work just looking up sandy hook like looking up all the details um you know reading about the victims and exactly what happened and the investigations around it uh, and I didn't cry, you know, I didn't feel totally heartbroken, but it was just kind of this like empty dread, you know, that feeling where your chest feels kind of hollow mm. of like this, this is very real. I need it to be very real. I need to be able to keep my, put my hands on it, but I never will be able to, you know? The thing about Sandy Hook that, I mean, clearly neither of us were parents or even thinking about being parents at that time. Yeah. Um, but I just, I even remember that. And yeah, you, you, we we are different in that way. You're very good about being able to, you know, continue to function despite the horrors of the world. I, yeah. so, I sometimes kind of have to hollow, you know, wallow away in my, at the time, walk-in closet and just sit by myself like, what is going on? <laughs> um, but I, I think about the fact that these, oh gosh, even talking, like, I don't know, these children went to school. Yeah. You dropped them off at school. Yeah. The school had security. You know, school had security. The, you didn't drop them off in the middle of, you know, middle of nowhere. Nope. You dropped them off to school and then you get a phone call. and Or you hear it on the news. Yeah. And these schools had done drills. Like this wasn't, you know, not active shooter drills, but they had done like somebody's in the room. We have to close the doors and be quiet drills. Like they, they people had to be buzzed in and it all, it all failed. Like, you know, maybe it worked in the sense that more children weren't killed, but you know, 20, 20 kids so, are gone, just gone. But you know, the interesting thing is like, I think it's also interesting how we see it differently. Like you said, the, 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 the system failed. And I think, and this is where it's helpful to have two, two views because I more, I'm going to always feel like, gosh, there's this uncontrollable force of other human beings that based on their issues, their insecurities, their f internal issues, 
will now take that out on anyone, including a small child. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you 100%. Like, I am, I don't think the system, like, the system failed because systems fail. Like, you cannot account for everything. And so that, I think, is an easy way for some people to try and want to grab some kind of comfort. Like, oh, if we just, you know, on the Republican side, like, oh, if we just, uh, like, put more people in jail and have more more safety drills at school and have more controls on things and then on you know even on the democratic side like oh if we have better gun control oh if we uh have better support for mental health like those are all things that should happen and i do think people are not just hijacking events for their causes like i think they sincerely think that it will help and i and i i'm sure it will help but like fundamentally these things are still going to happen. Like fundamentally you still lack control over extremely horrible, traumatizing things happening. But it, here's the thing that I find interesting. Oh, well, I, 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 uh, maybe interesting is the wrong word. I'm, I'm just stuttering because I think there's the, the reason why I'm intrigued that you think of it differently is because I think that's probably a better way to cope uh, and this is me putting a judgment on how I'm thinking about it, because to think that I have some control over how other people behave, I w- knowing that I don't, I guess, is what makes me constantly nervous. But at least if you believe that there are systems that at times will fail, but there are systems that I can, I can just dismiss is not the right word, but I can, I can at least chuck it up to that a system failed. Yeah. Then maybe it's a little bit easier to continue to send your child to school, right? Because had I had a child during the process, during hearing what happened at Sandy Hook, I'd I'd probably be inclined to homeschool. Not that that fixes anything, but that's just my fear taking over. Yeah. Because it's not the system. I don't like, for me, it was the fact that there are millions of people that I can't control and I'm trying to protect my child. And if this can happen to innocent, innocent babies, gosh, the only thing I can do is to keep mine in a bubble. Yeah. But that, you know, then, then let's, let's shift to that conversation now. Uh (laughs) The bubble, the bubble theory. Yeah. So, so how, how do you, I think, I think we really differ there on the bubble versus no bubble, but we're also coming from really, you know, different backgrounds and we have different kids and we're in, they're in different environments now. So yeah, so yeah. Tell tell us about your uh, your your bubble lifestyle growing up. <laughs> well, oh uh, yeah, the bubble was real, um, but the bubble was also all I knew. So I will say, like most of our listeners know that you know we we both kind of had single mom situations. Um, but for me, my dad was absolutely not present, so it wasn't even like I had someone to balance off of it was kind of like my mom was like uh no in order to keep you safe you don't engage period with certain (laughs) with certain things where I can't control so for example um I didn't do sleepovers um if we ever went like on you know a cruise ship for example I like oh I never did like the the kid events and I think you know, Doug's always getting on me because he's like, you totally missed out on childhood. Like you didn't do camp. You didn't do Girl Scouts. You didn't do this. And I'm like, yeah. And this is, this is the problem with agreeing with your parents' parental style (laughs) is that 
yeah, I didn't do those things, but I was safe. And and this is where my I mean, maybe it's, you know, paranoia breeds paranoia. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a little bit of that. But gosh, like pedophiles are real. Yeah. So is that what your mom was worried about? Or do you do you have a sense of like why she wouldn't let you do sleepovers? Um, you know, I think it was a fact, and I think it's similar to kind of what I was saying before, like if I can't control the situation, if I can't if I can't be sure that these people and I think that's the thing, right? You can't ever be a hundred percent sure. You'll never be a hundred percent sure because you don't know what triggers someone to be in an, an irrational person, but I think there's trust issues there. I think that, yeah. you know, it's, it's so multi-layered because you have to have a certain level of trust issues or have an inability to understand how to trust that would lead you into position to believe that no one really can be trusted. Right. Yeah. And I think this is, this is like a really complicated, convoluted conversation to have about, my mom, but I feel like that has to be part of it because keeping me away from every situation in hopes to protect me means that there was no method of understanding how to trust. Yeah. Because no one was trustworthy. Yeah. Like it, it, but, you, you never got the sense of like, what's the dividing line between like people we can trust and people we don't. Yeah, and I and I don't know. I you know when when I listen to this back, I might cringe in saying this, but I don't know what the difference is for having a little girl versus a little boy. I think you know what you've seen in you know just these horrific stories about the Catholic Church and kind of all yeah. of the 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 male rape that's happened. Um, and I, I'm I'm sorry if I'm making you or anyone uncomfortable, but I feel like for me that's like a really big issue because I'm like. Picking on someone, I'm not. I'm not saying that these things are minimal, but like I feel like I just feel like sexual assault is something that is lifetime traumatizing, and I think it's a like just abysmal when it's to children. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that that's just like I, I mean you always hear these stories about like if there's anything that really will get you fucked up in jail, it's like child assault, and I'm. I will have I will say this knowing that it might bite me in the ass later if I ever try to run for office but I'm like I think that's okay cuz I mean like <laughs> <laughs> you can like shoot someone you can kill you can steal but this is adult to adult interaction and yeah. none of it is right and I disagree yeah. with it fully but like when it engages with a child that has oh like that that's where I'm and so so I I'm I'm going on a tangent just because I understand my mother's fear because I think the reality is if you don't know how you're going to react if something's happening, if something happens, i.e. you'll end up in jail because you kill somebody, um, <laughs> I, I think the the default, unfortunately, instead of actually trying to find a method that gives you clarity and a, a way to know what that line is and, and understand that some situations are safer than others, it lands you in a position of slight paranoia where you just put your child in a, bu- in a bubble. Yeah, well, and the bubble often is not actually safe. Like, you know, we, oh, we gosh. can put no, up we Now you're going to traumatize me more. I am going to traumatize you because <laughs> the highest percentage of kids who are, like, sexually assaulted and abused and kidnapped is by somebody they know, like family friend or even a relative. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's the scary <laughs> part. 
Well, I think that's that's what scares me. That's what really scares me is that I would like, how can I, how can I encourage Arthur to trust people he loves? Cause you need a family, like you need a village and, and, um, you know, people that you can feel like you can turn to and we're a small biological family. So like my friends and, and people in our neighbor, like we need to have neighbors. Um, but that feels like statistically like where some of the danger lies and how do you, how do you teach your kid without traumatizing the hell out of him? Like, Hey, by the way, like, you know, if Jimmy down the street tries to put his hand in your pants, like scream and come get me. Like that's, that's a rough, that's a rough communication to have to give to your child. Well, let me, let me not impose all of my paranoia onto you. Right. Like, are there, is this something that you also think about? Is it just, is it, maybe it's something that you chuck into the box of general things, but for me, it's just like the, like all consuming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I it is not all cons- it's not in my like you know, it's maybe in my nebulous like unordered top 20 or top 10, but it's not it's not like like something that keeps me up at night. I don't know. I I had a different situation from you cuz I had my mom who was definitely on the protective side. Like I had sleepovers, but you know, four out of five were at my house because she was like, I can take better care of you here. I don't know who the hell is at these people's houses. Um, you know, and I, I did debate and, and went to many, many nerd camps. Oh, numerous nerd camps. Numerous nerd camps. Oh yeah. But, um, (laughs) but you know, for the most part, like, you know, I, I didn't, I was, I was under pretty tight, tight controls on the mom's side. Um, whereas with my dad, I was nigh feral for the most part. Like I just (laughs) could run around like, uh, I, I, you know, when I got a little older, I could realize I'd just be like, Hey dad, I'm going to hang out with like X person that, you know, is it okay if I'm home? Never. And he'd just be like, Hmm, would your mother say that's okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, mom would be totally down with this. And he'd just be like, okay, sure. For, you know, for the most part, every once in a while I'd find out that he was like deeply terrified for my safety at, with some hijink I got up to. But even then he'd like kind of pr- try to keep the face of the cool dad and then rat me out to my mom so she could yell at me. But Like secretly? Yeah, exactly. Oh, he was such, he's such a scam artist. He still does that, by the way. He still does that. He's a total tattle. And he'll like tell my mom and get her like all huffed up. And then she calls me and then I talk to him and I'm like, dad, I know you got mom freaked out. And he's like, I don't know what you're saying. You know, I trust your judgment. (laughs) Lies. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So, but I realized like there were a lot of benefits to that. Like I did, I think I think I came out of that probably a, with better judgment than a lot of kids do. Be, but that's also, you know, because it was by the skin of my teeth. Like, mm. like I, I, you know, got in cars with people when I was in high school, um, you know, and I was running around my dad's office that had some like pretty, uns- he had some unsavory clients And I was playing in like empty rooms in the empty basement floor, like with 
God knows who walking in and out of there with like criminal backgrounds. Um, and so, you know, I know, I, I know my mom was terrified about this because she talked to me about it afterward, uh, when I got a little older, uh, and she was like, Hey, maybe you should go in for hypnosis in case there's something like you're so deeply traumatized by, you don't even know about it. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm cool on that one. I think we're (laughs) okay there. Let's, I need to push, push back a little bit because your mom, okay. So, so for example, like sleepovers, it it was a similar thing, right? Like I agree that they could happen. They just had to happen in my house Yeah. or we could hang out, but it had to happen in her, in her vision. So it wasn't like I was bubble in the sense, like I couldn't do anything. I just had to do it in her presence. Well, yeah, but, but I did go to like, I went, I went to sleepaway camp. Part of it was by necessity because she was working. Um, Right. Right. Yeah. But my question, though, here is when you say she, you know, is is interested in you having hypnosis or or things like that, like what was what was she implying? Like what what did she or even when even knowing that nothing happened, like what did she fear would happen? I think I think she was worried that, yeah, I would get assaulted or kidnapped. Um, I think she was also worried. And this is, you know, this is where I, you know. The predator thing is like a smaller, you know, it's something in everybody's brain. I'm really worried about like accidents, worried about Arthur falling into a pool because some idiot's parent left the gate open. Like Mm. I'm worried about Arthur like swallowing something. Not so much now, but when he was littler, like just any, any number of things like running into the street or getting backed over by a car. Like these are, are things. And I, I think I'm, on the very chill end of parents, like, you know, I, I am pretty thoughtful. I don't let him get out of my sight for the most part, unless he's like in the backyard and playing happily in his little house. And I run in to get something and I'm back out in three minutes. Like I'm fine with that. I'm not a crazy person, but though, yeah. Three minutes, Kate. Oh my gosh. Three minutes. I know. (laughs) Call, call CPS. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like specifically the predator thing. It's just like one of many. Well, I think that's the thing. But but the reason why I asked is because like, was your mom afraid of accidents or was she afraid of predators? She was afraid of both, all of the above. But I think she was particularly, I think you're right there that like, there's something, I think I am unusual. And that that is not something that particularly terrifies me. But no, I want to make sure I'm clear that I don't think that that is not a flaw. Like, I don't, you know, I I feel like my issue is that it's something that I have to work through because you're right. There are, there are actually a whole shitload of other things I could be afraid of too. But I think you just kind of, and I don't know why, like, I don't, I don't know. And maybe I'm, I'm not being fully honest here, I think it, it's not that anything has happened to me personally. I think that's often, you know, yeah. especially when I was talking to Doug about it the first time, it's kind of like, well, did something happen? Or like, no, clearly I just told you that nothing could have happened because I was <laughs> locked in the gate. Like nothing happened. But I think it's also the dialogue that you have with your children. And this is interesting because I will have to watch how I talk to Dowdy about it as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a mom talking to her daughter. Cause I think, the dialogue with me, with my mom, was very much so protect yourself. I mean, like, not, not that sounds so generic, but it's just like people, p- 
people are bad. Yeah. You get into these really generic, like, euphemistic conversations. <laughs> yeah. And it's so vague that, like, all you can tell your child is, like, everything is terrifying. Never do anything. Because they're like, but what could happen to me? And you're like, I don't know. Just don't go outside. You know? (laughs) Okay. So basically, those were the conversations. Yeah. Don't go outside. No sleepovers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you try and bury down into like what could happen. My mom was a little different in that like I was a huge pain in the ass. So every once in a while I would be like, I don't know. I can't go to like this like punk show in atlanta that doesn't start till 9 p.m on a tuesday and i'm 14 um and kicked in the head (laughs) oh my god yeah that did not actually happen by the way i whined about it a lot and i did not ever go um but i can remember like eventually mom would be like no 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 no, somebody's gonna drag you into a van, and I'll never see you again. Like <laughs> it would just go okay, from zero okay. to like that <laughs> very tangible, completely like, frankly, mom, I love you, but kind of insane scenario. Well, so I will, I will share that in college, you know, you do stupid things. Oh my and god, yes. Were, you know, not not. Okay, I guess they can't tell the story. You can't tell this. Can't give the idea without telling some stories. But in general, there were a lot of car rides from from clubs with people we didn't know. Yep. Never by yourself, right? So we were always smart enough. That oh, was you're, never by yourself. you're smarter than I am. Okay, come now. I'm, I'm, come come no, now. I, I have no idea how I'm alive. It is a mystery. <laughs> it is but the greatest mystery. Of, there are a lot of things to be said. And granted, now we're not talking about small children anymore. You're talking about. 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds, right? Yeah. But still, we're somebody's child. Right. You know? And the reality is, is like, you made it out of these situations kind of by... So some people would say, not everyone is bad. Doug would say, not everyone is bad, right? There are good people in the world. The The people you engaged with, Danielle, were good people. You weren't making a flawed judgment. Then there's my side where I'm like, no, that was by the grace of God that we didn't get yeah. <laughs> chopped up into little pieces. You know, one thing that my mom did that was incredibly helpful and I think actually did really protect me. Um, there is this, this is like, it's an, like an Oprah book. It's called The Gift of Fear. It's by, mm, by okay. Gavin DeBecker. Um, I think everybody should read it because uh, it's kind of about trusting your gut and how mm. like instinctually, like if you don't try to override your natural instincts. And I think there, there's some problems with that. Like, you know, we have ingrained racism, sexism and all kinds of stuff going on. But, um, (laughs) but like fundamentally, like if you meet a person and they give you the fucking willies, it is okay to be like, I don't want to talk to you. And that's a hard thing to teach your kids. Like it seems very simple, but then at the same time, like, I want Arthur to be warm and friendly. Like I want him to meet new friends and, and be a, like open to the world. Um, and so if you have a shy kid, how do you like, le- you know, luckily, unluckily he's on the other end of the spectrum where he's like, hello, new human. Like, why don't, <laughs> why don't you take yeah. me away from my parents now? Like, Oh Jesus. But like, if you have a shy kid, how do you say, you know, trust your gut without, you know, well, at the same time being like, 
you know, junior, you, you cannot tell your teachers to fuck themselves. Like you cannot tell everybody who knocks on the door to go fuck themselves. Like <laughs> there has to be, there has to be like an end in the beginning. I don't know why that made me chuckle so hard, but <laughs> are I you feel just like that's appropriate are you, behavior. <laughs> are you just picturing daddy going up to the front door and being like, go fuck yourself and slamming the door? <laughs> who are you, stranger? <laughs> you do not belong here. Be gone. Be gone. No, no, no. I, I mean... That that's uh, I don't know. Okay, I, I feel like that is that is good. It's good. You have a good thought on this um, because because here's the here's the funny part, right? Like Doug and I want to go on our cruise one day, and we want our kids, you know, to be able to be like, go have fun with other kids yeah. while we lay out on the on the on the deck and like drink pina coladas. Um, but if I'm constantly afraid of like the universal boogeyman. Yeah. I mean, that's never going to happen. Does it help you to think about like, does looking at the actual statistics help you? Like if you hear that, like, like, you know, certain, this is more likely in certain environments than others or like only happens to one in one bajillion kids. Like, does that, does that stuff calm you down or does it just freak you out more? You know what? I, I will be, honest and say that it's not I've been too afraid to look at the stats okay and I think that that's that's not a good that's like that method that methodology is flawed when you think about healthcare when you think about anything that you're afraid of doing like you know not going to doctor because you're afraid you're sick is probably not the best way to get better (laughs) so I think you're hitting a great point that maybe I just need to face some of these facts instead of just being in a perpetual state of this could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad idea because when you think about it, the the sources of information we get on risks to our kids on a day-to-day basis are like universally incredibly shitty. Like hmm. the day-to-day media, you know, they want to sell to catch a predator. They want to have like stuff and <laughs> the, you know, and, and the news is naturally going to focus on stuff that's unusual. It's not going to be like, you know, child X died in a swimming pool. Like nobody wants to hear about that, but like child X, like molested by clown at Chuck E. Cheese's like that's news. And then you, you know, but like keeping your, leaving your child alone around a swimming pool and never taking them to Chuck E. Cheese again is not a particularly good method of like protecting your child from harm. You know what's amazing about what you just said? It's because I can, it's, 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 oh, it's just like mind blowing how like I can be blinded by one thing and see it in another. Like when we're talking about gender issues or racial issues, like I'm always so keen on the influence that media is playing on me. Uh Uh-oh, future podcast alert. (laughs) But I cannot, like I can, I can't see how that, not that I can't, I I just didn't see how the media was affecting me as um or feeding into my anxieties of motherhood or parenting like that's that's deep kate i wasn't i wasn't i needed to hear that i wasn't i didn't know i was gonna get there today (laughs) well i mean you're you're just soaked in it all the time like it plays at the dentist's office like you have it on in the background when you get home like it's really hard to avoid and when that's just pounded and and that has started since as early as we've been alive you know Like, our parents at least grew up in a time before 24-hour news cycles were really a thing. But we've been dealing with that since we were conscious. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it does change the way you look at things. And then for me, I, I'm having trouble separating like, like what we've been talking about with our moms, where I think, I think it's safe to say definitely for my mom, probably for your mom as well, that they were making parenting decisions for us based on like where the threats were when they were younger, like what, what they wished, what they needed protection from, you know, and, and like our kids' lives are, at least for me, my Arthur's life is and childhood are going to be even more different from mine than mine was from my mom. Cause at least, you know, we were both women and kind of growing up in the suburbs and he's growing up in San Francisco and he's a little dude. And I'm, I just feel like, a little paralyzed at like, how am I going to keep track of what is actually, what is actually scary and versus where am I just locking you down for no reason? Mm. Uh, well, you know, and I don't have the answer either because I'm coming from a, a, a very urban environment yeah, and uh, where, you know, our, you know, our high school at one point had medical metal detectors and things like that. And, like the threats there. And you know, what's funny those things don't scare me. It's like, <laughs> like, 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 oh, metal detector. I mean, I guess somebody's got a strap on them today. But, but I think that the thing about it is like, you know, we are in the shift and it's like, you're very, very right that the fears or the things that I was trained to be prepared for or be afraid of um, may not be the things that I need to be afraid of or protecting her from in a more suburban environment you know yeah um but that but that's not necessarily a bad thing i think that's the the wow i might dare i find a silver lining here (laughs) Um, you sound like me (laughs) there is something i feel very celebratory about that because that means that we now as parents as moms we have this place to start fresh true um, where for a lot of the conversations we have, it seems like start you know starting from zero is scary. But I think in this one, really learning and evaluating based on your own reality and your current reality is probably the best way to go about it. Because like my mom didn't have to worry about terrorist attacks, like yeah, because we wasn't going nowhere. We couldn't go to for- we couldn't afford to go to Belgium. When the hell were we going to Belgium? <laughs> right? Like you ain't never had to worry about that because. It wasn't nothing. It wasn't in your purview, right? But my little European traveler here, with her, you know, in her backpack, um, these are things that we have to, you know, factor in. Um, so I laugh at that, you know, you know, in hopes, you know, paying being entirely respectful of the fact of how serious of a situation it was. But that just was not something that happened. Yeah, I mean, even prior to nine eleven, right? Like, oh, that wasn't something. I people- was, I was always worried about that. Well, your mom was also a flight. Yeah. Attendant. So that that was a little different. <laughs> that was a little different. Right. Yeah. You you are you are an you are not an anomaly, but I feel like for the masses. Yeah. True. True. That might have been the first time for some people and and probably for even for my family included where like travel became even local travel became something we had to Yeah. Where you felt vulnerable all of a sudden. I mean, and that I mean, funny enough, like even when we were thinking about colleges, uh we graduated right, like graduation was like right after nine eleven, oh. and I mean, but didn't you graduate at the same time? I was two thousand. I was two thousand. Yeah, so I was out on the so, west coast for nine eleven. 
So, yeah, so I was 2002, and it's like I'm getting these acceptances, including in New York City, and immediately my mom would be like, no, no. Mm-mm. Thanks, You're but no going. thanks, Columbia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically it was just like, but it's not. <laughs> no, I don't care. I don't care how Ivy their league is. <laughs> You're not going. <laughs> right? Um, Aren't there but, any Ivy leagues in, like, Idaho <laughs> in a bunker <laughs> under the ground? <laughs> Um, there are, but they probably don't want me there. Um, yeah, um, no, they're they're full of crazy racists. So there you go. <laughs> but I mean, even you know, even things like that. So uh, I, I I say all that to just kind of get back to the point where I I'm one. Thank you because I really needed to kind of hear another person yeah. walk me out of the uh, walk me from the ledge because. <laughs> I'm like constantly there, like, what if? And Doug's like, get back inside. I'm like, no, we've got to scream, what if, outside of the window. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, get back yeah. inside. The neighbors are going to think you're crazy. And that's um, but scary. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I need to look at the facts. That's a first step. Yeah, let's do that. That's our homework. Look at some facts and get them up on um, on our pages, our various social mediums. Yeah, because people, I'm sure, I'm sure there are more listeners like you, Kate. But there are probably one or two that are cuckoo like me, and I think putting <laughs> the, the facts out there will um, is a is a really important place to start. And I think about a lot of different issues too, like even the fact that you know, like I just had a friend on Facebook post about a child, a two year old being found at the bottom of a pool, and uh. um, but but amazingly, she's recovered, which is. Um, I've 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 never felt so much joy for someone I I don't know. Yeah. Um, but she's the baby is okay. But you can see it happening, right? Like they just waddle around wherever they want. They're not paying attention. Yeah. To where they're going. They have no idea. They're like, oh, this seems like a fun thing to throw myself into. That scares the hell out of me. My in laws have a pool. Pools are terrifying. Pools are terrifying. But you're right. Like again, that might be another thing where you're like, okay, so. How do you, what, what measures do you like? Maybe that's not a person's house that they go over if they don't have the proper gating and um, supervision and things like that. So like just thinking through it and being like a little bit more, less paranoid and more proactive about what's real threat versus just threat, what's just scary to me. Yeah. Kate, this is why they pay you the big bucks. (sighs) Hey, this is why you should be paid the big bucks. Where's Danielle's money? Write checks to. You can send PayPal to. So I can just go out of the (laughs) the window screaming, what if? What if? In deep terror. In deep terror all the time. Oh, Oh. God. I mean, the the other thing to remember is we're lawyers. God. Our job is to, like, just be terrified of everything at all times. For me, that's neutralized to being not really afraid of anything. I'm like, oh, like this, the Earth could collapse into the sun. I guess that'd be a bummer. Well, this is this is the problem with wanting to be a lawyer that actually air coached wants to change the world because then you like you have the paranoia of all the lawyering <laughs> with the I can fix it, and you're like no, no yeah, no. without the comfort of apathy. <laughs> apathy is like the best part of my day. Like, eh, you know, <laughs> it could happen. It could not happen. Let's let's evaluate. Let's, let's go get an ice cream. Call it a day. Oh my gosh, Kate, this is this is good. I needed this. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad. I have something to think about now. Yeah. So on that note, bye, mamas. Thanks, mamas. Woo woo. <laughs>
look at us. We did it. Another episode. So exciting. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Go Ahead Mama. And if you love us, give us five stars on iTunes and tell us what you liked. Positive affirmation is not always a bad thing. Tell us what we did well and we'll keep doing it. And we also love general constructive feedback. So if there's something that you think we can be doing better or a topic idea that you'd love to hear, email us at letstalkmamacita at gmail.com. And if you don't like us, just uh, step away from the computer right about now. Until next time, thanks mamas.